0: The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. I just feel incredibly passionate about it, and I think that if if anybody's listening, particularly women, who they just they've reached that tipping point. That's where I got to when that man photographed me that day. I, I went home and I was looking at my daughter. In, in the pram and I just thought I have to do something about this not only for me, not only for you know other mothers but for my daughter.
1: Today I'm talking to Julia Cooper and I came across Julia on Women's Hour and some of you may have heard her share her story there and she's talking about her campaign to change the law and protect breastfeeding women. This episode is is particularly interesting because I think you can really, here, that the law doesn't adequately protect breastfeeding women at the moment we have lots of legislation but it doesn't cover this specific issue and julia's really taking this on um, and you'll learn about the process she has to go through um, as a, she calls herself a regular joe blogs and what that means you know how she had to go about creating um this awareness and also how she has to campaign to change the law she talks us through that whole process and how it's been for her if you've been um, affected by this issue or you know other women who are breastfeeding in public, um, you can get in touch with Julia. We're going to provide a link to her petition in the show notes, so please do reach out. Or if you've got any thoughts about this episode or comments, again, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you.
0: The hearing.
1: So, Julia, thank you so much for joining us on The Hearing Podcast. Um, I heard you on Woman's Hour and I thought I must get you on as a guest because your story is really interesting and surprised me as well about the state of the law. And I think our listeners will be really interested in hearing about it. So could you start off by telling us, you know, what what happened to you? What is your story um, and what do you want to change
0: in the law? Sure. Um, So it was the beginning of April this year and lockdown had just lifted and groups of six were allowed to meet up um, for a walk. So that's what I did with my friends, um, with our babies. And at the end of the walk, we finished in a park, sat down on a bench, and I started breastfeeding my daughter Um, and I noticed a man on another bench staring. Um, and I stared back at him, um, to let him know that, you know, I clocked him and I wasn't okay with him staring at me. Um, but he carried on staring and he got out his digital SLR camera attached a zoom lens and started photographing me. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. Um, it was only the second time that I'd ever breastfed in public. And it just felt like such a violation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just so disturbing. I, I quickly turned around um, to finish the feed so that he couldn't um, get any close ups of me. Um, and then, after I finished feeding my daughter, my friend was talking to me. And I, I just said, I'm sorry, I, I can't concentrate on what you're saying. I'm going to have to go and talk to that man. Um, so I went up in, and confronted him asked him were you just taking photographs of me and he actually said yes mm. which was a shock in itself um and I asked him to delete them and he said no I'm not going to delete them it's my right to take photos of whatever I want because we're in public.
1: Gosh. And Yeah. It, it sounds like he knew what the law was so I, I believe you went to the police, didn't you? And th- and they had to clarify
0: what, what the law was on this. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a, a discussion, me and him, and I ended up taking his picture because I didn't know what else to do. Mm. Um, you know, he felt so, he came across as so sort of confident and assured that he hadn't done anything wrong. Um, and I was holding my daughter at the time, so I, I didn't know what to do. So I just came away from that conversation Just feeling really shaken and helpless really. Um, My friend said why don't we go and talk to the park warden so we we did that the park warden came over and said you've you know you've made this woman feel uncomfortable please can you delete those photos and again the man said no it's my right so Mm. later on that day you know I went home put my daughter down for a nap and spent that time sort of googling my rights and if there were any laws that might protect me Um, in that instance, I couldn't find anything. So I rang Greater Manchester police and told them what happened. And the man in the control room said, well, I know that it's legal to take photos of other people in public, but I'm just going to have to come off the phone and check with my colleagues about the breastfeeding element. Mm. Um, so he, he did that and rang me back and said, you know, I actually don't agree with this, but it is legal to take photos. Um, And that, you know, that man acted within the law. Um, So yeah, I just, I came away from that conversation just thinking, what can I do next? It it feels so wrong and I feel so violated by it. Um, I have to do something.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, it's chilling, isn't it? Because I know from experience, breastfeeding
1: isn't easy. And I can imagine, you know, if you're out in public you feel nervous anyway and then getting the baby to latch on and let alone having to worry about people who are taking photos for their own uh, whatever reasons perverted reasons we don't know but there must be a lot that was going on in your mind at the time yeah. and holding your daughter as well feeling quite vulnerable
0: absolutely and i think it was such an abuse of that vulnerability mm. that you you speak about because your, your hands are full, you know, you're holding your baby, your concentration is on your baby, getting them latched on, which is tricky. My You know, when it happened, my daughter was seven months, starting to get super curious about the world, turning her head around, you know, coming off the breast just to see what's going on. And I'm just trying to concentrate on getting her fed and, you know, making sure that we're both, you know, comfortable. And now I've got this to deal with, thinking about this man's camera and and his eyes on me and it's that real shock out of you know when you're breastfeeding you're not thinking about the sexual well, the sexualization of of your breasts you're just thinking about feeding your child it's such a natural thing to do and so it was a real shock to the system of oh god you know so there's somebody who's watching this and that they're presumably trying to get some pleasure out of it Mm. it was just so disturbing very disturbing and I know people have very strong views
1: about breastfeeding in public and you know it's it's when you're when your child needs feeding you can't always and why should you you know find a a toilet or somewhere private you you have to feed them when when they're hungry Um, and I know you were discreet and, and had a coat and not that should make any difference because as you say it's not a um you no, know, you're not. You're not feeding um, for for any for anyone else's pleasure. It's purely a functional thing to feed your daughter. So um, yeah. people's reactions are very bizarre, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Before I had my daughter and before I breastfed, I, I couldn't imagine what it felt like to breastfeed. So I completely understand that you know people see a woman breastfeeding and just think, oh, her breast is out. But when you're breastfeeding, it's it's a completely different experience to anything you've ever felt before, physically and emotionally. Mm. And you're just, fe- you're just, you know, if it's going well, you're just thinking about that, you know, the practical side of it, and you're thinking about the bond with your baby, and it it can be a really lovely thing, but not always, you know. I I found breastfeeding really hard for about the first six weeks. I found it painful, mm. but I was determined to breastfeed my daughter because my birth went so wrong I had such a a terrible experience that you know resulted in an emergency c-section that um yeah when she when she came out I thought this this is something that I'm in control of and you know that I can do that's a positive thing for both of us and so Mm. for that man to take photos of it just yeah it was just really upsetting
1: Mm. and and I've looked into this about, you know, the fact that voyeurism is legal, there seems to be a loophole here and um, I'm going to state what the law is currently and then I'd I'd love for you to explain, you know, what you want to change in in, Mm. in this regard. So we can see that there are glaring gaps in, in protection. So we've got the Equality Act 2010, which protects breastfeeding women from discrimination. We've got the Harassment Act of 1997, and that only protects victims of persistent photographing. Now that wouldn't cover you in this instance because, you know, it wasn't a persistent act.
0: Mm. And then
1: the Voyeurism Offences Act 2019. I think that's the act that you want to seek uh, change. It d- currently doesn't protect breastfeeding, um, and um, those, but but it does protect um, so-called upskirting. And that was only made illegal in 2019. And that was after a campaigner um, had to seek to to change the law in that respect. So Julia, what is it that
0: you currently want to change within the law? And and how have you gone about that? Uh, Yeah, so as you said, it's it's sort of sits in between these different um, laws. And When it happened to me, I was looking up all these different laws and I thought, well, you know, it could fit into discrimination, but I didn't really feel discriminated against it. You know, it could fit into voyeurism, but uh, there isn't doesn't seem to be any protection for breastfeeding. And uh, so I I thought I would get in touch with my MP, um, Jeff Smith, to see what what he thought we could do about it and to see what his thoughts were and um the next day i sent him an email and the next day one of his team phoned me and she was so understanding and so brilliant and really helped to to validate my experience um yeah. and within a week or so he brought it up in parliament and that's when i thought wow i could, you know we could actually do something with this um yeah and I've, I've just been led really by by jeff smith and by stella creasy the um mp for walthamstow because unfortunately the same thing happened to her when she was on a train um, breastfeeding her child a teenager got out his phone and um, started taking photographs of her so uh, yeah i've been following their lead really and and they chose the voyeurism act to um to try and update. And it, it does seem like the right one to me. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm, I'm learning on the job here, but um, I think it would be a simple step.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Julia, because have you found this process quite daunting, not being from a, a lawyer background? How, how have you found the whole process? Uh,
0: I wouldn't say daunting. I would say that the resources on the government website are actually fantastic. Um, for helping people to understand how to change the law. <laughs> um, you know, it, when, when I found out from Stella and Jeff that they were going to um, put it to the Police Crime and Sentencing Bill, um, you know, they put down an amendment to, to that bill, I just... Every single uh, sort of development that's happened with this campaign, I've just gone away and Googled or or looked up, you know, what happens next? <laughs> like, oh. OK, so the, the bill is now at its second stage. What does that mean? OK, now it's a committee. Who is the committee? Like, what, what is this committee stage? And um, I would really encourage anybody to, to look up how laws get made in this country because it is fascinating. And, you know, if you feel passionately about something, you can you can make a change.
1: Absolutely. So what stage are we at then with the bill? What's happening now?
0: Yeah. So, um, it, it was put down as new clause 27, um, at committee stage, um, the government voted it down, um, and Stella Creasy and Jeff Smith retabled it, um, for the report stage. Um, and it was debated last week um in parliament i'm not sure if there was a definitive answer i know that the government um well the minister of justice robert buckland actually spoke on our amendment um during his his uh, speech in parliament which was just amazing i when i was watching you know parliament live and i think it was about eight or nine o'clock in the evening last monday and i was watching him speak about it and i thought I'm, I'm very proud of myself for uh, yeah, you know, getting it this far um, but yeah so, so basically the government's position at the moment is that they have asked the Law Commission to consult on intimate image abuse and um, this does fit under that absolutely um, but the Law Commission's report doesn't come out until spring next year. And it's my understanding, maybe you can speak a bit more on this, but it's my understanding that there's no obligation for the government to do anything with those recommendations. Mm, mm,
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you Mm. (laughs) um, what, what (laughs) 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 what typically happens with the Law Commission recommendations. The position is,
1: is that it's Parliament who makes the law and the Commission can give recommendations um, but it's up to Parliament whether they actually implement those recommendations. So that report you say, and I believe it's called the taking, making and sharing intimate images without consent. That's coming out in spring next year, did you say, Julia?
0: Mm, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating because uh, it, so that it's been now three times um, our proposed amendment has been brought up in Parliament, both by Jeff Smith and uh, Stella Creasy. And the second time that Jeff Smith brought it up, um, he spoke in the Women and Equalities um, uh, debate. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but the Minister for Safeguarding, Victoria Atkins, said, um, This is unacceptable and we will deal with it. Mm. And in last week's um, speech by Robert Buckland, he said, You know, basically, we're all on the same page here. We want to do something about it and I intend to. But why not do it now? You know, why does it have to wait nearly a year for the, the Law Commission's report to be published? You know, I've read their draft report, um, not all of it, but the where yeah. they speak about breastfeeding. And the exact recommendation they make is this, it would be an update to the Voyeurism Act that would include, you know, taking images of breastfeeding without consent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and
0: it just seems like a formality to me that they're, they're waiting for the report to come out. And maybe it's just, you know, because I'm I'm not within sort of the legal or polit- political yeah. world that I'm frustrated by it. But well,
1: yeah. And it's so personal, isn't it? Because I understand, I read that actually it, it has affected your confidence. And um, I don't know if you've been able to breastfeed in public again, uh, whether
0: this has really affected you yeah I I breastfed once in public since because I thought you know get back on the horse or whatever the saying is but um I haven't done it since then because yeah I I feel uncomfortable about it Mm. um you know I don't want to worry who's who might be looking who might be taking photographs you know Mm. when you breastfeed in public you might expect glances but to photograph is just it's a whole other level
1: Yeah, completely. And so where we are then, if we're waiting for this report, it seems like a long time for the report to come out. Mm. Um, There are are women out there without that protection, um, because this is possible. Somebody can take a photo and and keep that photo, and you're left without that protection. So how how common is this, Julia? I'm sure lots of women, because they've heard about this campaign that you're running and and the bill um, you're seeking to amend, have they got in touch with you to tell you that this has happened to them as well?
0: Yeah. Um, so women have got in touch on social media um, with me and and said, oh, this happened to me years ago or, you know, this, this happened to um, another woman. I, I saw it happening in an airport was one example. And I, I stood in the way of the camera um, because I didn't feel comfortable confronting the man. Um, you know, I've got a campaign group going just with other sort of mums and, and women who are interested and, uh, it happened to one of them a couple of weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. and that's just the women and the mothers who see it or notice it happening, you know, what about all the people who yeah. are breastfeeding in public and don't notice, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's quite disturbing. I know that the Met Police's website says, what the current position is, that members of the public and the media do not need a permit to film or photograph in public places, and the police have no power to stop them filming or photographing incidents or police personnel. So that's the position at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I know with the upskirting um, law that um, you can actually impose a two-year jail term. Do you have any views, Julia, on, on what you think the appropriate punishment should be for the man who, who filmed you? I, I don't know if you had any views on on, on that. I'm sure that the commission
0: would look at all of that as well. Mm. Uh, I haven't thought about it, to be honest. And, um, you know, I think as a, as a regular sort of Joe Blogs, it wouldn't be my position to, yeah, to, sure. to think or, you know, have an opinion on that. <laughs> um. But it's, it just, everybody that I speak to about my experience agrees that it, it's wrong and is surprised that it's not already illegal. So, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think that, um, pretty unanimously people agree that this is something that needs to be addressed. Mm.
1: I, I was confused because I, I think it, it seems clear to me as well, and, and many people that I've spoken to about this glaring gap, but what was the reason the government gave for voting this down? Is it because they wanted to develop, to have the report first, to to look at all of this properly? Or I, I don't know yeah. if you know that.
0: Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, they've, they've said um, several times now that they're just waiting for... For the Law Commission report to come out next year, mm-hmm. but um, they also caveat that caveat that by saying that um, that they're doing a lot of work on you know, violence against women and girls. Um, I think they've got a strategy that they're publishing later this year. But it, it's frustrating to me that you know they can say that, but then their actions in voting this down suggests otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, I I just think that action could be taken now by passing this within the Police Crime and Sentencing Bill. And it would protect mothers now and empower mothers now. Um, Because, you know, we have one of the lowest um, rates of breastfeeding in Europe. And I think I read that uh, embarrassment is one of the top reasons why women choose not to breastfeed, particularly in public. So this would be such a, a, a positive thing for new mothers to hear that you know could be passed now, and yeah. give give mothers a com- the confidence to to breastfeed. Yeah, well, I shared your. I've signed
1: the petition, and I think did you have about thirty thousand people? Mm. Oh, yeah, I- it's amazing. I- it's amazing, isn't it? And so I've yeah. shared it with my WhatsApp groups, don't worry. And again, it's <laughs> a of surprise that people are like, wow, I can't, I can't believe this is actually legal. So I think it's raising that awareness, isn't it, and talking about it um, so that people feel spurred into action. Have you have you received any sort of negative reactions when you've posted this stuff on social media? Um,
0: the um, so response being generally quite positive? It's Yeah, it's generally been been really positive and really supportive. Um, I think when I spoke to woman's hour, I know that there were a a couple of messages that came in, um, sort of saying, you know, if you're embarrassed about it, do it in private or, you know, you can cover your baby with a muslin or, or, you know, things to that effect. But I, I see that as more about the. Debate that seems, you know, to still be happening in 2021 about whether we should breastfeed in public or not, but this isn't about that. That's already legal. That shouldn't even be a question in 2021, in my mind, whether or not we should be doing it outside. Um, this is about the photography element and it's, it's hard to argue that I think, you know, I have read a couple of comments online from amateur photographers saying oh that you know this is the thin end of the wedge um you know if we start banning photography of this what else are we going to be banning photography of but i'm not calling you know that the and stella and jeff aren't calling for an outright ban of photographs of breastfeeding it's the consent element that's so important mm. because i you know there are reasons why you would you would be okay with somebody taking your photo if you're breastfeeding you know in the normalization of breastfeeding photography has to be a part of that people need to see it mm. um and you know there are things campaigns like mass feed ins where you know breastfeeding advocacy groups come together and, and feed in public spaces to to show mm. the world this is what this is what we do to get our babies fed and it's normal look at it take photos of it and that's a that's a great thing but it it has to be with consent Yeah, they're two completely separate
1: issues, aren't they? The debate about Mm. breastfeeding in public and actually what you're fighting for is is that intrusion, um, the Mm. lack of consent you gave to that man. And um, that's a a completely separate debate, isn't it? Mm,
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I I had my baby during the pandemic um, and one of the reasons that I chose to breastfeed was because you know, when we were out and about, uh, we'd be able to, to do it wherever, whenever. Um, and so to sort of emerge, like I was listening to your, um, conversation with Jolie from Pregnant Then Screwed and she was saying, you know, maternity leave is a bit like being in a chrysalis. And I completely, that really resonated with me Mm. because that walk, you know, coming out of lockdown, seeing friends, being able to, you know, be with my baby in public. I felt like I was emerging from that chrysalis and so for that to happen I just yeah I just felt so angry and so determined to to change the law
1: and also I mean I'm thinking I can't remember at the time April because we've been in and out of so many changes Mm. as to what we can do what we can't do but you know when the cafes and the restaurants were shut we could only really access open spaces and if your baby needs feeding your baby needs feeding and, and you can't Hide away in your home I mean we know as new mothers it's so important to connect to get out um, to have that confidence because that can be daunting in of itself you can probably hear my child screaming in the background <laughs> <of us. laughs> so apologies for that but this is real life isn't it we can't yeah exactly can't control that um, um what would you say finally Julia to somebody who wants to change the law what has your experience been like it sounds like it's been a positive one from from the you have a supportive MP. Um, it sounds like you're actually enjoying the process in some respects in terms of watching the debate, learning, learning more about how to change the law. What what would you say to someone who may feel a bit of trepidation about taking something on a campaign?
0: Mm, I would say that it certainly takes time. Um, you know, basically every nap that my daughter has, I then go to my computer and I'm I'm doing stuff to do with the campaign. So it is time consuming. And, you know, as a new mum, I'm knackered, (laughs) Um, but I'm also a dog with a bone with this and I'm somebody who is quite determined and quite stubborn, (laughs) but I don't see that as a negative. I think that, you know, we've got brilliant organisations, like pregnant, then screwed and maternity rights, maternity action, advocating for mothers in the workplace. And you know, those, the, the um, the equality discrimination act, you know, covers mothers who, who feed, um, in places like park, uh, not park, sorry, in places like, uh, cafes and hotels and so on, but there's nobody advocating for mothers in public. And so I really, it's just I I just feel incredibly passionate about it um and I think that if if anybody's listening particularly women um who they just they've reached that tipping point you know that that's what that's where I got to when that man photographed me that day I I went home and I was looking at my daughter in in the pram and I just thought I have to do something about this not only for me not only for you know other mothers but for my daughter. You know, I just, to, to have a child, Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but to have oh. a child I think is to to have hope. and mm. And I just looked at my daughter that day and I just wanted to believe that I could do something that might make her life better in the future. And so all this is to say that if you are put off, you know, looking up how to change the law, trying to get in touch with your mp they can be amazing they can really be validating of you know these experiences that happen to you and and you can do something about it and i'm hopeful that you know if it's not now maybe next year the government will will look at this and you know turn it into legislation but in the meantime i'm going to keep advocating for breastfeeding mothers in public
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Julia. I think your daughter will be immensely proud of you, whatever the outcome. I, I wish you the best of luck with that, um, Bill. Um, thank you. And if anything, you've raised awareness about the topic. You've got people talking about it. That's the first hurdle, isn't it? Um, so thank you for being such a wonderful guest on the hearing and, and being vulnerable with us as well and sharing thank your you.
0: experiences. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me. And if, if anybody wants to sign the petition and follow the campaign, I update it regularly at change.org forward slash peace.
1: Lovely, that's fantastic. Thank you again.
0: The Hearing.
1: Thank you so much for listening. And as ever, we would love to hear your feedback. Like and subscribe. And also, if you've got any thoughts, if you think about topics you want us to explore, or maybe you want a guest to be interviewed and you're dying for them to be interviewed, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.
0: The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. To find out more, go to tr.com forward slash The Hearing or subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your
1: podcasts.